Washington. Raging review. The Raging Cajuns will be a source of pride for this university, for the alumni, fans, and donors as we achieve success in the classroom, in the competitive arena, and in the community. It's about to get really fun. We're looking for dudes that will stand up. Well, Coach, let me tell you today, I'm here and I'm ready to stand up. And I challenge you, Raging Cajun Nation, to stand up with us. Stand up with us. Let's lock hand in hand and let's walk through the gates of Omaha. Hey, I love y'all boys. Let's grind every day starting today. Let's do it. Y'all ready? Alarm! Alarm! Ready! Who's that team ready? Who's that team ready? That's up! I got one thing to say right here. Cajun win! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Ragin' Review Podcast. Nick, Jerry, and Josh, back in the saddle with you. This episode comes with a bit of a disclaimer, so strap in. Kind of went all over the place in this episode. Lots to talk about. Obviously, a like opponent in Florida State played an in-state school that is about 60 miles away from us. So we talk about that a pretty good bit, and I just want to let you guys know for those who called in and participated in the show, we really appreciate you. We did have some technical difficulties, and as we grow, we're learning on the fly how to interact. So there were some things that we had to cut out, so we apologize if not all of your comments are included. Uh, also, I went full Bobby Bear. Uh, had a little fun for the weekend, and the Labor Day holiday kind of got me. So just want to give you guys a, a heads up before you are maybe a little bit off put by that. Uh, I think we made it through and had a lot of fun. So hopefully we can get a good laugh out of it. But um, here's a disclaimer. Hope you enjoy the episode. Appreciate all of the new subscribers, the new reviews, and everything you guys have done for the pod. Without further ado, episode five. Welcome back. Um, It's been a fun 48 hours. We're going to start with LSU and Florida State. I mean, look, Florida State is a P5 opponent, and they are a, a like opponent out of, out of conference. So uh, we're going to talk about that, obviously. Florida State has been down for a while. Mike Norvell is... I don't even know how to talk about him. I mean, good coach, bad coach. He's been up and down. Jerry, what are your thoughts on Mike Norvell as a coach and his showing out on national TV? Well, he had success at Memphis, and I, I know coming in, or really when he got hired a few years ago, that he was the guy to turn it around there. But, um, I, I mean, I think his seat was starting to get hot this year, and coming into the season, I mean, even as Cajun fans, we were talking about how that's a very winnable game in Tallahassee and how, you know, that could be kind of like the replacement for Missouri in 2020, remember, well, before COVID struck? I think I mean, that we, I think that we think that because they lost to Jacksonville State at home last year. A year ago, yeah, just a year ago. Same, they lost to same team, State. same team. Now look, I will say this: Travis was impressive, but everything else was. Eh. Defensive line was okay. Their offensive line was good, actually. I thought the run game, the way they would run stretch, they did, they did pretty well in the run game. I thought that they were the receiving core. I agree with solid. you, but I think that they they took advantage of the over aggressiveness of defensive line and the linebackers of Louisiana State. 
Yeah, I also think that their defensive line, that number five, I forgot his name, but he's he he was a stud last night. He was all over LSU's offensive line. Um, but I, I think overall, Florida State surprised me a little bit, not because of the way they played, but I thought Mike Norville actually out they outcoached LSU. I mean, there's no question they outcoached LSU last night. And so um out scheme. Well, not that they outcoached them. I mean, I really do. I, I think they outcoached them. I mean, look. Mike Norvell can't handle the fact that a player fumbles a toss with a minute left well, at the one-yard line. I would say that I agree that it out-schemed to a certain degree, but how many people are going to agree with a toss to the running back at the one-yard line? I mean, you got to be kidding. That is one of the worst all-time calls. Dude, that's a big game, national television. You can't just turn around and give the damn ball to the running back, put him in the – that's just terrible. I get that, but I mean, if you look at Les Miles, the Les Miles offense, where they would kind of run that same type where they would just toss it to the outside and it worked for them. I mean, that's a fundamental mistake. I mean, look, and look, could you blame that on coaching at practice? Absolutely. But I think for the most part, I'll give you that, Josh. I, they did out-scheme them, but I, I'll tell you, my mind's changed a lot about Florida State. They've got some good skill players. Uh, like you said, Travis was really good at quarterback. They had some decent re- a decent receiving core that played yeah. well. I was um, impressed look, with their 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 I, their skill guys. I, I was impressed. I don't want to play them right now. I think I would love for our team to develop and improve by the time we play them on November 19th. But all I will say is this, okay? The state of Louisiana better hope. They better hope. That fan base of the East better hope and pray that we don't pull off the win on November 19th. They think it's. They think our fans are unsuff, insufferable. Men. Oh God, it's going to be <laughs> disgusting. It's oh going to be bad. Oh man, yeah, yeah. I already we we kind of already unleashed <laughs> some of that wrath. We gave a preview of that last night, uh, but I, I agree with what you guys said. Look, if if you would have taken that game, in my opinion, if you take that game and put it in a a twenty thousand seat stadium with eight thousand people in attendance, everybody's looking around, going, "Well, those two teams are crap." Yes. Yes. Look at all these bad mistakes they're making, and he just fumbled at the one. And why didn't they, you know, just run the ball, the clock down, and and kick it? Just go up by, you know, three score, two scores, whatever. Um, so yeah, if 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 the atmosphere wasn't there from being in the Superdome and having eighty thousand fans there, then I think we would all look at it going, well, I think we might have a shot later in the season. But because of the the camera work and ESPN, they're so good at what they do, and the atmosphere and the the crowd was into it. Man, I just I was on pins and needles, especially on that last drive. And and the thing is, LSU, I don't know how they do it. I don't know where they get it from. But no matter who's the coach, every every game that they seem out of it on the very last drive, they're gonna do something like like when they threw the stupid shoe years ago. Like something always happens where they come back and they win the game, and you're like, what just happened? It feels and fixed. What? It feels fixed. Yeah, and it, it's like karma finally turned around and said, "Okay, guess what? Nah, not this time." And and <laughs> you know he misses the uh, the extra point, so I feel bad for that kid. I mean, uh, I feel bad for that the kid that dropped two punts. Um, you know, uh, but it, it it's look, both teams are going to improve as as the season goes on. I'll say it uh, later tonight as well. There's so much improvement between game one and game two in college football. We're going to see that next week with both of those teams as well as with us. And, and by the time the, the season uh, comes around to where we're playing Florida State, we're both probably going to look a lot different than we do today. So um, I, I didn't really focus on anything that I think whether or not we can beat them later in the season. I think it'll, we'll just both look so different by the time we get to it. I totally agree. But if, if you're just looking on the field for what you saw this weekend with our team and 
which you saw on Sunday for their team. Uh, I mean, let's be honest. There's a lot of skill positions that make you kind of take a step back. and like, I mean, it's they're scary. So I will tell you this. Florida State's defensive line was a lot more impressive than I expected them to be. And we have uh, defensive line and offensive line um, question marks, right? So there's a lot of stuff that has to be figured out from this time until then. It's two months, two and a half months. And don't and don't forget, this is the first game of the season. I mean, look, 2016, Texas plays Notre Dame, right? They win in overtime, and the guy who was it said Texas is back, folks. They end up going what? <laughs> they always say that, that stuff. Year. But what I'm saying is, though, is, yeah, don't get me wrong. Like, Florida State looked pretty solid last night, but this is a long season of football. A lot could happen. So, they went to – look, they went to overtime with Notre Dame last year and lost to Jacksonville State in week two. So, I mean, th- so much can happen, but I, I don't – I wouldn't want to play the Florida State team that showed up last night. That's all I'm saying. I think, I think you know, we have time to improve, and I tell you, this is a very fortunate thing for us that we get to play them later in the year – to where because you know how our team our teams are i mean we've been like this since at least 2018 2019 first game of the season we look completely different than maybe the 10th or 11th game of the season because we all we get better as as the season goes on i hope that trend and pattern follows this year because if 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 it does and we do get better i think by the time november 19th rolls around and we go to tallahassee you know we're going to be a completely different team in a good way so yeah i don't you know, I, I, like I said, we have a habit of getting better as the season goes on and improving. But no, I mean, Florida State, they, they looked a lot better than I, I I'm I'm going to give them a lot more credit than I gave them before the game. I think I think they're a good football team. What I think is really funny is that you have the tale of two one play, one single play at the end of the game. Turned the tide from LSU loving Brian Kelly to LSU turning on Brian Kelly and the same at Florida State because today in the Tallahassee Democrat, the headline is Florida State football in position to have the best season in several years at the <laughs> LSU win. They only won the game because a guy missed the kick at the very end. That's it. And which was a stupid play call. Brian Kelly, look, Florida State was gassed on defense. Yes. You could walked in the end zone. Why didn't they go for two? They should have gone for two and won the game and ended it right there, but they didn't. And this is the kind of thing that happens. But it's just so funny that Florida State has taken this one-point win off of LSU as season-changing, season-defining, best team in years. Come on, man. I think that the the the, the strategy was we're essentially at home, right? I know it's a neutral field, but it's in the dome. So I think that, you know, you go for the tie at home, you go for the win on the road. Uh, he probably bought into that. But guys... Can we talk about Kayshawn Booty and all these other te- all these other players just totally wiping their freaking social media from the LSU <laughs> social media pages because they were getting death threats? Holy crap! And I know that we're re- we're used to LSU fans doing that kind of stuff because that's who they are. But this was a little bit different. I I felt like the coaching staff really let them down. There were several moments in that game where you're like, really? That's that's what you're gonna go with. And they hate, listen, everybody hates Brian Kelly. Somebody sent a message privately that said, of course, LSU hired Brian Kelly. The most <laughs> hated coach in America hired by the most hated fan base in America. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I mean, it, it was the primetime game last night. And Florida State is an opponent of ours on the schedule. So let's kind of break it down just a little bit. I thought Travis was fantastic. I thought their offensive line, offensive line was better than... 
advertised, I actually thought that their their linebackers and their defensive line was faster, more athletic than advertised. I also thought that their secondary was bad. Their, their secondary got torched for a while. I'll also say that Kyron Lacey, former Cajun player, had a catch in maybe two snaps. Makai Gardner got absolutely murked on the on the little gadget play to the quarterback, the little I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to crush him. However, I thought he played very well after that. And Makai Gardner is a good player. So I'm not going to crush Makai Gardner. I I thought he was a good player. I thought it was a fantastic sign when Billy got him. And he showed that LSU kind of needs him. What did you guys see out of Makai and and Kyron? Well, I I made a joke to one of my friends because I said, well, Kyron Lacey got got a bunch of catches. He's going to enter the transfer portal right after this game, you know, because they're not targeting him on every play. So, um, no, I agree. I mean, there there is a lot of talent at wide receiver at LSU. So it's the nature of the beast. And they're big. They're huge. They're, they're right exactly so um so he's not going to be the star wide receiver that there yet i mean he might turn into it but right now he's not their guy um but i agree i i do think gardner like you said is a really good player uh, obviously lsu wouldn't have targeted him if he wasn't so uh he he did have some some really key plays especially later in the game there was one uh there was one play where the guy was wide open and he just he just leapt up about 18 feet in the air and and knocked the pass down so the end zone play yeah yeah so that was sick yeah no yeah, it really was, cool. was and look i love makai i think he's a great player but yeah. he left look no disrespect to makai i mean it is what it is right Jerry? i'm glad he did what he did for the cajuns but he chose to leave i mean at this point you know i had the chance to um to say hello jmu had a, a twitter space earlier and i'm went on behalf of yours truly, Rage Review, and, and, I, and they asked me about what I thought about the game last night, and I said, look, the, the first flea flicker touchdown that Florida State scored was on our former cornerback that started for us, and they were like, man, y'all must have thought that was pretty ironic. I'm like, yeah, kind of, <laughs> you know? I mean, he chose to leave. It, you know, look, my, the mindset is simple. With everything going on in the transfer portal, and I think Coach Deza has alluded to it before. Yes. You don't want to be here. Don't don't play. Go somewhere else. See, it wouldn't so, want to be. Yeah, if, if you if you want to be part of the culture, if you want to play for the Cajuns and sport the Vermilion and White, we welcome you with open arms, and we we expect you to play at the tenacity and at the standard that we 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 want you to play. But if you go in the portal and you leave and you go somewhere else, well, I mean that's your choice. You made that choice. So I, yeah, I mean when Makai got scored on that first touchdown, I was kind of like, well, I mean. You you chose to go there. I, I'm sorry. Like I, I'm glad he did what he did for the Cajuns, but he's no he's no longer a Cajun. So let's all be honest. When he got torched on the gadget play, we all thought, Ah, uh, you torched. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> let's be honest. I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah. We're fans. I mean, sure. Give the guy credit, like we all have. He's a good he player. Had, had a good game. He's a good player. But yeah, it it did feel it felt good. <laughs> Absolutely torched. Lacey right. catches a three-yard out, gets smoked. He stands up, gives a couple of claps, and he goes out. It's just ridiculous, dude. We're, we're, this is a Cajuns podcast, but at the same time, you have some guys on that team that came from here to help them. You know, I mean, they're lo- they're a local team as well, and you know, of course, we we have to hear it all. But I, I, they got a ways to go. They really have a ways to go. In the meantime, I hope that we can capitalize off of that continue to win, continue to build our own, our culture and identity, continue to show success. And, you know, Hey, who knows, maybe we can 
not to say we'll take over the market, but we can we can capitalize on that a little bit, even with recruits, because at this point, you know, I always say LSU can only have so many players on a roster. That that I mean, what a hundred or so players, but at this point, I mean, this is our golden opportunity to at least take a little bit of that market, a little bit with the success we've had. So, yeah. Montreal, listen, when Montreal Johnson went nuts, and I don't know if it's allowable to talk about Billy Napier and the Florida Gators beating Utah. I know I had probably been the most critical on, on Billy's move and the way he did it and probably was a little bit rough and aggressive on that. But here's the thing. You can't tell people in this area that we're going to do this, that, or the other and just walk out. So still don't forgive you, buddy. However, it's hard for me not to look on ESPN, see the highlights, see college football and see you at the top of ESPN and not be proud of you. So I'm proud of you, Billy. You beat, you beat Utah. Just beat, just beat the, beat the corn dogs. Speak the corn dogs and we'll be fine. It's like it's like a breakup with your ex girlfriend. Like <gasps> after a while, there's a lot of sketchy stuff that went on, but after a while, you're just like, yeah, you know, uh, Nick, not there yet. I'm not Nick, there yet. If but. if she if she ends up with a better looking guy than you, we're fighting. <laughs> but if it's mostly comparable, yeah, we're all right. We're fine. You know, I had. Him. I'm happy for Billy. You know, first game of the season, you play the number seven team in the country and you win. Uh, in, in in that in that way in that fashion look i tip my hat off to him uh it was kind of weird a few times like i'd watch some of the highlights later in the night after we had recorded and it was so funny watching the certain formations you know of their offense and you know richardson how you know how our quarterbacks always do this and we do the thing with the oh, yeah. I'm like, oh yeah oh yeah it's basically the cajuns wearing orange and blue like that's exactly what they're all because our whole freaking staff they have the entire staff it's like watching cajun football except anthony richardson was ridiculous yeah so good man man. i mean that's a talent that you cannot replicate here can't because that guy at 215 i don't know 6'4 215 uh arm length of seven feet you're not getting that here and it was very it was very interesting to watch him put into place a very effective offense. That was different. It was different. I, I think in all of this, what I like, the common denominator, I think we can all agree on this, and our, our boy James made a comment, and it's true. You know, we don't – remember in Baton Rouge last year, right? We don't want the ooh-la-la coach. We can't get the coach from Lafayette. Can't do it. I think now some of their fans are going, maybe we should have gotten the ooh-la-la coach. <laughs> maybe we should have gotten the guy from Lafayette. Speaking of English, I'm not pushing Napier! <laughs> You don't. Hey, your problem what, is you don't. Know, listen. I know what your problem, your problem is. is. You don't listen. No, you're worried. You, have to, you, you say twelve I'm times the show. Charlie, I gotta I'm ask gonna you a question. You ear. don't answer. You don't listen to my answer. I'm gonna put your drawers you in a crack. Your <laughs> You said you'd be okay with it. Yes. Okay. Hanny, he can't come from Lafayette. Speak to that was your Hanegraaff moment. Look at Jerry. Do you remember everything that was going on at the time? They tried to tell us, oh, he ain't going to, he would never, ever go to Gainesville over a bad Rouge. He will walk across the Atchafalaya Basin to be the coach of, and we kept trying to tell him, he's going to Gainesville. He don't care about bad Rouge. Now, Brian Kelly has lost to a team that lost to Jacksonville State at home last year. 
Oof. And Florida that, just yeah. beat the number seven team in the country. They didn't, oh. want, they didn't want the ooh-la-la coach, man. Okay. They didn't want the ooh-la-la coach. We need to know our place. We're little brother and whatever other insults thrown at us that we've heard countless times. Um, and then you had your boy on their LSU podcast or whatever he does now because he was fired from whatever station going. Hey, word is Napier. Napier's begging to come to LSU. I mean, he's begging. To, hey, they call this every day. He wants to be here. And like two hours later, they're announcing he's going to Gainesville. And that Gainesville, and they're like, well, we didn't want him anyway. And they didn't give any credit to us. And all we were saying was, Napier is not going to Baton Rouge. He's using you people as leverage. We kept saying it every week, every week. Ah, Razor Review doesn't know shit. Razor Review doesn't They don't know anything. Next thing you know, Strickland is introducing the dude, and he's doing a video in the locker room. All right, I'm getting on the plane. <laughs> I'm going to Gainesville. Anyway, Eastern Michigan, Nick. How do we feel about Eastern Michigan? Well, I think on paper we should win. I think the expectation is that we win. Um, but they have a history of upsetting of upsetting teams. They also have a history of beating the spread. So they finished, uh, they finished I think, fifth in their West Division last year. Uh, they were picked fifth out of sixth in the West Division again this year. They beat Eastern Kentucky last weekend, 42-34. Uh, so they were kind of in the same position. They felt like they should have... I blown them out of the water and they didn't. Uh, they gave up 492 yards of total offense. So they got some work to do on the defensive side. So, I was, so they competed offensively, but couldn't couldn't really keep up defensively? No, you were correct. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, they gave up 351 yards just in the air. So th- their defensive backs are going to have to play much better next week against us, I think, uh, because I do expect improvement in our passing game in, in game two. Um, it, just to kind of build on that, EKU had 21 passing first downs on Eastern Michigan, which which is a lot. So um, just – and and one last kind of caveat on that, the Eastern Kentucky uh, head coach suffer, suffered a cardiac arrest the Sunday before, so they were actually playing with an interim head coach this week. Whoa. Um, yeah. But he's okay. Um, he's making a, a recovery. Uh, but, yeah, they, he, he that was sudden Sunday before the game. So they were uh, – they had a guy step up, one of the assistant coaches coaching them this week. Um, Taylor Powell is a senior transfer from Troy. So we get another su- former Sunbelt quarterback. He had a pretty good game. He went 21 for 30, 271 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Uh, didn't really, I mean, he didn't show that he's a mobile quarterback, but he did score a seven yard touchdown, um, run uh, or later in the, in the ball game. Uh, but he's definitely a pocket passer from what we saw during uh during yesterday's game they want him in the pocket um he was able to make things happen all game he got the ball out quickly when the pocket collapsed receivers also did a really good job of making some some difficult catches and and what i what i liked about their receivers is they knew exactly where the first down marker was so they weren't deep passes i don't think he's going to beat beat us with his arm downfield but he knew where to place the ball and the receivers were always there waiting to catch it they dropped a few uh, so it could have been a little bit worse but um i i think they're going to be a challenge because they know how to uh to, to really get to the first down marker uh, each time. The um, the thing I do like about them as well is that they had three tight ends uh, make catches on Friday. So so like we're trying to develop uh, catching tight ends, they did the same. They had thir- 83 yards of offense from their um, from their tight ends. Andreas Paskey is 6'7", 253, and he had a 35-yard reception. So ridiculous. He's gonna, yeah, he's going to be a, a beast. We're going to have to 
have to um, have to account for him throughout the game. And and one thing that they did a do did do a good job of is uh, they struggled a little bit offensively with their offensive line in the first half of the game, but they started coming in it out in two tight end sets, and uh, that gave that gave the quarterback a little bit of time in the pocket. So made some pretty good adjustments. Um, defensively, they had a bend, don't break game plan, kind of like we did later in the game. So a lot of soft coverage in the secondary and not much push on the defensive line. So to, um, and, and then the running back Darius Boone has some speed, especially in open space. They really didn't try to run the ball up the middle a whole lot, but they, they really run sideline to sideline and he picked up quite a few yards. So he's, he's speedy. We're going to have to, we're going to have to mind our P's and Q's and make sure that we're, we're, um, you know, covering all of our assignments throughout the game. But again, on paper and based on history, you would think that we have a little bit of edge on, on Eastern Michigan. But uh, as I said, they, they have a tendency to up uh, upstage the competition uh, in the P five, the last couple of years, they've made a bowl game the last couple of years there. Um, I, I invited some of their fans on to watch this stream. And, and one of the things that I thought was great was that they said, we want to be where you guys are. We're middle of the pack G five. We want to be in the upper echelon and, and we kind of want to mirror your success. And that just got me to thinking how much of a compliment that is. And maybe how we take it for granted a little, little bit, because just a few years ago, we wanted to be the Boise state. That's that's what we wanted our program to be. We wanted to be Boise state. And I think every G five program modeled themselves out of, off of Boise state. And now hearing from the, you know, Mac team saying, well, we want to be the next Louisiana is exciting and something that, that we should appreciate and, and welcome. So um, again, they're going to be looking to make a statement and they want to move up uh, the chain in the G five and they want to make a statement next weekend. So we're going to have to, we're going to have to play better than we did last weekend. Uh, and, and, and again, both teams, I think are going to make an improvement from week one to week two. Uh, and we were very bland on offense and defense. I don't think we showed too much on, uh, you know, to not to get anything on tape. No, nah, we were base, base, base. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, hopefully, hopefully we uh, we bring it next week and um, and look forward to the challenge. They're they're going to be a handful. Jerry, your thoughts? Um, well, the the number one thing that sticks out to me is they did go to a bowl game last year. Even though they, even though they did lose to Liberty, they were good enough to go to a bowl game. So anytime you do that, that is an accomplishment. I also think that you know I watch. I, I mean, they run a decent spread offense. I was able to watch a little bit of their game last Friday night against uh, Eastern Kentucky. And look, you can say what you want about you know, playing an FCS school or whatever, but they did hang 42 and they look pretty good doing it. Um, I think it's going to be a, a, probably a pretty solid challenge for our defense this week. And this is a, this is, this is the perfect opportunity, how they all say that you usually improve from week one to week two. This is the perfect opportunity to, to play a team that where I think we have a good shot to improve. Um, you know, they, they are, they are a decent Mac team. Again, they have been to a bowl. They also run a good, they also have a decent passing game. I believe, I believe uh, they went what 21 for 30 in the passing game last week. Um, but I also think that's a great challenge for our secondary. You know, our secondary is going to, they're going to get picked on a little bit, which I know they're up for the challenge there. Um, I think what I'd like to see improve this week, we went six for six for fifth. I would like to see our offense convert a little bit better on third down. Um, I also would like to see us open up the playbook a little bit more. I did think we, I thought we did run kind of a base on both sides of the ball uh, and in the trenches, uh, offensive line and defensive line. I do think that this is a great week for us to have, you know, to have some improvement there as well. Um, 
But I really think that this is a great, great test for us because, like you said, Nick, you know, Eastern Michigan, they used to have a reputation back in the day. They used to be in the bottom 10 every week uh, at the FBS level. They're getting better. They're improving. So the fact that their fans said that about us, how they want to emulate us, means a lot. And so I hope that uh, I hope that the Cajuns are ready to go. I hope they play well because anytime you have a G5 team come to Lafayette, that's non-conference, especially someone from the MAC, they're a good barometer uh, to see where your team, where your team, where our team is. So I'm looking forward to the game, and hopefully the weather's better this week. Uh, I would like to see a better crowd, but that's for a totally different conversation. But no, Eastern Michigan is a great, great non-conference test, and I'm glad they're coming to Lafayette next week. Looking forward to seeing what the uh, what the Eagles bring to the table against the Cajuns. All right, G, we have a caller. James, please go ahead with your thoughts, brother. Man, first I want to say y'all got y'all's hats on backwards. <laughs> y'all, y'all using some foul language. And, and, and y'all and y'all drinking uh, uh, alcohol, y'all y'all the devil, y'all full of the devil. Love it, love it. <laughs> What's happening, guys? Uh, well, I didn't I didn't get to uh, watch the, go to the game. I, I was I was I had to drive to Austin to pick up my son, so I, I got to glance a little bit as I drove. I did watch a bit of the LSU Florida State game. I watched uh, most of the Florida game. Did you I, watch uh, the South Lafouche game? <laughs> no. <laughs> but I, I this I, this is a bit off topic, but I just want to say I, I do I do kind of hope that LSU really sucks this year because <laughs> I'm really I'm really I'm really just sick of of this program and and the community and the people are in this area really not supporting this university. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, I do. I do know what and, you mean. And, and and you know what? If 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 the people in this town and particularly the alumni would just put their their hometown university first and start attending games here, and we could make Cajun Field the scariest place to play in the country. We could do that here if people would just stop trying to hitch their wagon to what they perceive as some dominant program. We can do it here. James, I'm just going to comment on that and say, and no names that I'm throwing out there. Boy, Josh wanted to, but – uh, we pulled the reins back, but I watched a local representative of the Acadiana community posting pictures of himself in, in the Superdome with LSU gear on go Tigers. And you scroll through his timeline and you, there, he wasn't at our game, but he's our Acadiana rep. And I get if, if Nick lets me say who the rep was, I'm about to burn it down. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do Nick, it. Nick, what don't happened? Nick. We are kind of the new kid on the block in football. Uh, you know, it's true. LSU, it's true. The, look, LSU's been sold here for over a century. So when that's the only thing that you've been fed for over a century, you're not going to want to try anything different. And I think the difference here is that, no, we don't play, you know, against Texas A&M and Alabama week in and week out. But we're still a top 25 team, or we have been, a, excuse me, a top 25 team in the last two years. Uh, our program represents the community pretty well we stay out of trouble we don't do anything dumb sure that would, that would otherwise ruin our reputation our coach i mean we our head football coach is from new iberia like i don't know he's a raging and, cajun he was a quarterback of about, the team i mean how can and, you get behind that i mean we all talk about how we love to support local right oh go to local business go to local this go to local that your head football coach is from new iberia and he played here what i mean what 
how much more could, how much more local could you get than that? And he wins. He's two and zero right now. I mean, granted, he's got a long way to go, but he's two and zero. I mean, so I, I don't know, man. I, I just think it's 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 just easy. And so hopefully, I hope that you know, as time goes on, we keep winning, we keep creating a winning tradition that more people will eventually come to Cajun Field. All right, and we got a call from a very invested listener. Hello. Please go. Y'all better quit talking about Big Brother. Uh, Nick got knocked offline as soon as he started talking about Big Brother. Who? They are there. They're watching y'all. I'm telling you. They got their eyeballs on y'all, and they're they, 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 they trying to knock y'all out. But uh, the game last night was a great game, but I don't know how good, honestly, either of now that quarterback looked like he was a real deal. Oh, Travis was good. And, Travis was know, good. He was good. Yep, yeah. he was. Both of those teams have, you know, like well, Florida State. I can tell you, last year, if you remember what happened with them in Florida, they 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 near about had a, a you know a gang fight right there on the on the football field. Florida State is has the ability. It's about confidence. Okay, it's about swagger. Florida State has the ability to lose theirs at any given time. So there's a lot of season to be played between now and the time we get a hold of them. And I like what uh, I, I like what Coach does, the way he gets of that game the other night. You know, a lot of people, I heard a lot of complaints about him running two quarterbacks and how it killed the momentum. You know, I, the thing is, Coach Dez has two new quarterbacks. He needs to see what they can both do, and he needs to see what they can handle, as well as other players on the team. I'm sure those weren't the only two guys that spelled each other the whole game. So you got a situation where you had to get a lot of players in. You You had to get a lot of evaluations from coaches. And, you know, that's just part of the process. And when you talk about the process, you listen to these coaches, and they'll talk about something. And yet people that are listening to them don't, you know, once the game starts, they forget everything the coach has said uh, and all the preparation that led up to the game or that led up to the season or that led up to whatever point where they're at. You know, you, 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 you got a process. And the process the other night was they went out there against Southeastern they had a team that they were supposed to manhandle or handle, not maybe manhandle, but handle, and they handled them. Seven points. You gave up seven points in situations where you had an opportunity to play guys in situations, work on situations. A lot of things that we don't even have a clue what was going through Coach uh, through uh, DeFormo's mind about what he was maybe trying to accomplish on both sides of the field. And it wasn't a perfect game. Oh, it wasn't perfect. You know, everybody wants their team to be perfect. You ain't going to get perfection in game one of any football season anymore, anywhere. It's just not going to happen. Any coach, any level. Yeah, exactly. What's your defilings and the the goofy stuff that you're going to be able to see this Sunday when the NFL kicks it off? Yeah, they did some work. But half of the guys didn't even participate in training camp, veterans in camp. And I know that they're good, and I know that they're great players and all, but I can guarantee you, 
you're going to see some bad miscommunication. You're going to see some bad play calls. You're going to see a lot of bad play, period. But, it's true. It's true. You know, I think, I think that UL did everything that they wanted to do the, the other night, and I think that they're going to be ready for Eastern Michigan this weekend. And uh, I'll tell you the truth, I, I, I really like what I saw, what uh, Dez did. And I, I don't think anybody right now at this point can do anything except, hey, the man went out there, and, it, you know, it, it, in a way it's kind of sad because, oh, well, it was boring. Well, sometimes when you're going out there, you're 14-0 and 0 and you're going for 15-0, and 0, things might be a little boring sometimes because he's trying to work on 20-0 and 0 down the line if he can get there. You know what I'm saying? When you got, because you got your conference coming up and you got to know who can play, who can't play, what shall I run here, what shouldn't I run here, what can I expect based upon what this guy is going to show me, you know, it, it, can I do later down the line? I'm and Kyle, right now, and listen, I'll tell you right now, I, I don't necessarily speak for a Raging Review podcast. These other guys have a, a different opinion, but my own opinion is win and figure it out why you win. And I really don't give a damn how you win and how you figure it out. Jerry, your thoughts. Yeah, I, and also too, you know, Coach Dez alluded to this. This we don't college football doesn't have a preseason game. So your first game in many ways is considered a dress rehearsal slash preseason, except it counts. So you're gonna run into mis- you're gonna make mistakes, you're gonna mess up, you're gonna have some faux pas on the field, you're gonna have miscommunication, you're gonna have misassignments, and it's expected. Um, but in this particular game against Southeastern, unlike in 2017, where all they needed was a two-point conversion to win. I didn't feel like the game was ever in jeopardy or ever in doubt. Even whenever Southeastern scored on that uh, in the third quarter, that one touchdown drive, I still felt like we were on cruise control. Um, did we have some growing pains? Yeah. Did we have some misassignments and, and missed tackles and missed blocks? Absolutely. But uh, as, as what Kyle said, I mean, look, you, you're trying to improve and try to get better. You're trying to work out you know, the mishaps early on. So when you do play a Marshall, when you do play Troy down the road, you're, you're a lot more polished than you were uh, Saturday night. And again, we've seen this one too many times over the last couple of years. And you know what it's done? It's given us double digit win seasons. I'm not saying anything because I, um, I mean, I said one thing about a local politician going to an LSU game and my stuff cut off. So, so I, I'm, you know what, you, you guys are right. And I'm just going to keep a mouth shut. <laughs> North Carolina, how you feeling? Oh man, I'm all right. <laughs> yeah, I was telling Josh, it's it's like if LSU came to Cajun Field, and and you know we lost on a, on a, like a last second play like that. I I would just I would just hibernate for the rest of the year. I'm, I would I'm at the ill house. I'm at the ill house, and I'm laying in front, <laughs> and I, I, I'm I'm feel I'm in the fetal I, position. Oh, we, we Cajun Nation was pulling hard it's, for uh, App the other day. Hard. Yeah, yeah, I know. And the coach said, I mean, um, read some things afterwards where he likes playing the in-state schools. And they've got enough of them, you know, P5 schools in North Carolina. for You, you can play one a year and do whatever your deal is for a long time. So, it, I mean, you know, it worked out for that. They put 40000 in it and all these guys on Rage and Page and say in North Carolina uh, – People were buying up all the season tickets. That was a bunch of horse shit. It was a lie. And we knew it was a lie. You you can't buy those tickets. Those app guys don't allow it to happen. 
no, no. They they know what they're doing, and that kind of you know. And I've said it before. You know, it, it, there's no original idea. Every idea I've ever had, I've stolen from somebody, and I have no idea why we can't have conversations with our peer universities about marketing, about game day experiences, about how they do it, how we do it, what are we missing, what are they missing, you know, all those sorts of things. Because, you know, my, and I've made my feelings known on, on Rage and Pagin. You know, I think the game day experience, just like I posted the other day, there's nothing Rage or Cajun inside Cajun Field. Look at Jerry's face. It well, just turned. That's all outside, you know. That That is basically all outside, which is great. The tailgating and the bands and the, the, the beer at the baseball stadium, uh, you know, seeing your friends, the Cajun walk, all of that is phenomenal. Then you get into the stadium and they screw up the intros again. I, I mean, I, I've seen other schools, and I don't understand, and I've made a, a point of this. I wish somebody would say why we aren't using that bell. Because you could start ringing that bell the moment the team walks out of the locker room, you know, to get people excited to play the uh, the hype video, which they screwed up this past weekend. You don't need all the fireworks and all of that crap. Call I mean, it. it was like a minor league soccer game. I mean, yeah, you, you, you're in the business of creating ideas. You're in the business of creating excitement. You want people to have goosebumps. And when I see that we have all the assets, that we need to do something like that to make it compelling, to make it exciting, to, to give you goosebumps, you know, to get you riled up and ready to make it collegiate, which is something, you know, honestly, comparatively to other places I've been, it doesn't feel collegiate in Cajun field sometimes. I, I, I just keep wondering who's making these decisions and why are they being paid to make these decisions? Because they're not doing their job. I've been saying this forever. Nick, please help me out. Look, I, I've i been, I was lucky enough to, or unlucky enough to be behind the scenes for 20 years with the program. I was doing the music when they still had the matrix board in the South end zone with that little you know right. ticker top. It, it's a lack of con one. You're talking about the video, not being ready. It happens. It seems like the first game every year. It's, I think it's Always. a lack of continuity. Wow by the person sitting there. Because what happens is you have somebody in the press box that is giving directions to the right. video booth, to audio behind you, to the right. announcer music. And the continuity right. there, there's turnover every single no. year or every couple no. of years. You have one job. You yeah. had a whole year to get ready. Right. Come, Come on. You know, it. it's not it rocket science. But we've been talking about this for 20 years and it's still not fixed and yeah. through several well. administrations. To me, with the music, as far as the the music, look, you can have Lil Wayne pumping through the through the the speakers, but you can also throw in some Keith Frank, and you can throw in some Chris Hardwin, yeah. and you can throw in Lil Nate. And you're segueing right into another point I wanted to make, and this may cost some money. I, I mean, I have no idea, um, but getting back to it's neither Raging nor Cajun. Can we have Sweet Cecilia show up and sing the national anthem? Can we have Sonny Landris show up and play the national anthem? Can we have Keith Frank show up and play something during the game or at the national anthem? There is so much musical talent in this area. That's what makes it unique. And we, the school, for some reason, 
fails to capitalize on any of that. And I, it, it's just mind numbing to me, somebody who spent 40 years in their career come up with ideas that, that this is what we deal with. And yet when the whip comes down and they start asking for more money, let me ask you guys this. If you had a more enjoyable experience, and I'm not talking about the football side of it, the football side of it is great. Being at Cajun Field, would you not be willing to pony up more money to see it again? It's hard. To, it's hard to ask me that because I'm a fan. I mean, it's hard. Mine to, too. Yeah. You know, and and I just you know, there is so much we have to offer. Jerry, take it away. Boom. Thank you, right. baby. Let's do it. <laughs> oh boy. Go, Jerry. Boom. Man, I tell you what. You know, the other day we got to witness the opening game of Raging Cajuns football for 2022. In spite of the rain and puddles, it didn't stop those who were in attendance from enjoying watching our team grind its way to 14 straight wins dating back to last season. It's the current longest win streak in the country. And it didn't stop us from observing both the new and old faces wearing the Cajuns uniform. For me... It is always fun to see newcomers make plays, which allow us to familiarize ourselves before they become a household name. And I'm sure there will be quite a few this season, like years past. What's most important is that I observe the continuation of, as we call, the culture. The same blue-collar mentality and effort that our team has implemented, which has given us the massive recent success. In 2017, during Mark Hudspeth's last season as head coach, we saw the same Southeastern team come in and go toe-to-toe with the Cajuns to the point where a missed two-point conversion determined the outcome of the game. And even though we were on the winning end, there was a sense of concern and a little sense of apathy that was set with our fan base even after the final game. Of course, we all know that a head coaching change would come later in the season, but let's fast forward to this past Saturday night. Coach Mike Desimo made his home debut as the head coach of the school that he has put his blood, sweat, and tears in both on the field as a player and now as a coach. And the vibe couldn't have felt more different this time. With the 24-7 win, there was not a single time the other night where I felt that the game was in doubt. It was almost to the point where the team was on cruise control. Now that does not mean that the team needs to improve. We all know from fans to coaches to players that improvement is necessary to keep this success going. There is no such thing as perfect in this sport outside of the win-loss record. But this perception of winning tends to alleviate a small amount of stress that we all have had as Cajun fans. Call it CDS, if you will, or as we like to call it, Cajun disaster syndrome. We all know that rite of passage that brings us into the raging Cajun fanhood. It has taught us to never take things for granted because somewhere along the way, CDS can rear its head and give us a package of heartbreak and disappointment. (laughs) But in spite of that, winning is the cure. And this football program has done just that. And because of that, they deserve your support. So for those listening and those on the fence of whether or not to really support this team, I say, come join in on the fun. Join us at Cajun Field as this team takes on takes the field on Saturdays in the next few months. Join us as we continue this train of success. Join us as the culture continues to grind and personify of what it means to be a Cajun. Because you know what? Cajun Nation, 
This is your team. This is your ambassador to the college football world. This is your chance to show support to a team that has made this community proud. And you can start this Saturday, September 10th, when they take on Eastern Michigan at 6 p.m. 16,000 last week. Let's make it an attendance of 26,000 this week. Show up, enjoy some tailgating, make Cajun Field the place to be. Man, I tell you what, winning is definitely fun, but it's even more fun when we all can partake in the festivities. 14 straight wins and counting. 20 years ago, could you imagine that this was even possible? Because I didn't. But yet, here we are. Go, you, L!